Welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast by EF3 Life. I'm your host, Dan Jason. At EF3 Life, we're committed to empowering people in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance. Positivity and having a growth mindset is what we're about. Every day, we have the opportunity to better ourselves and our world. Be sure to visit ef3life.com and follow us on social media at EF3 Life. There's only one way to live, and that's life to the fullest. Well, welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast. I'm here with Nathaniel Finley. How you doing? Hey, thanks, Dan. I'm doing good. Well, it's great to have you back here on the podcast, brother. It's been some time. You were with us in season one back in the day when this thing got off the ground. Back then, you were in high school. Now you're doing big time things out in college, still being a great member of the community, doing a lot of things when it comes to your faith, and you're living life to the fullest. And it's awesome to see. Hey, yeah, I appreciate being here. Thank you. We've had a lot of fun, actually, this weekend. It's summer. It's upstate New York. We've been out and about in the Capital Region, um, going to a number of different sporting events. We've been doing a lot of stuff with family, and it's just been a great time together. And I think as we're journeying on, it's really important for each of us to understand that life is just that. It's a journey. And oftentimes, when we establish these relationships, these friendships, we can dig deep with people, but it isn't easy especially for younger people these days, as you can attest to, right? Mm-hmm. To be vulnerable, but also to share about things that are really important, things when it comes to matters of faith. And that's really what we've been kind of discovering here together in this journey. Absolutely, yeah. So when you think about your life and maybe a couple of years ago where you were and where you are today, and we've had a lot of great conversations over this weekend about how God has impacted each of us personally. Um, growth is something that is extraordinarily important and being open-minded to where he's calling you next. How do you just handle all of the pressures of the world, the things that are coming at you from different angles in this day and age of a 21st century where people are just so inundated with social media, they're so caught up on what other people think or how they feel, and then they're looking over their shoulder and wondering, all right, what are people going to think about me if I believe this or I live out my faith? How are you able to still be authentic? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Number one thing I think it all comes down to is keeping the faith and having that solid foundation. Um, you know, for me personally, and I struggle with it, the first thing I wake up, you know, I want to do, I want to get on my phone, go to social media, see what I missed. But taking a step back from that, setting the phone aside, opening the Bible, reading a book, even just going outside. You don't have to do anything hard. You don't have to do anything that takes a lot of, you know, physical demand. But for me, you know, I love walking in the woods, being with God, being in his creation. You know, he's such an artist and just constantly wooing my heart. So to stay connected with that, keeping the faith that way, then if you want to go open your phone, because it's part of our everyday thing. It's in my pocket right now. Going to that then, that's totally different than starting your day with who knows what we'll see on the news, who knows what just happened while I was asleep. So I think to go back to your question is always starting with something that could remind you of God to get your heart settled and just find the peace to start the day. I'm so glad that you shared that because actually when I was thinking about what our conversation might look like or where it might go, we had actually in the past decided to talk a little bit about 30 things or ways that you'd want to gain wisdom before you're 30 years old. Actually, one of the past recent episodes of the podcast, I talked about 30 ways to empower your life. Mm -hmm. And before you turn 30, it could be any age. The age doesn't matter so much, but it's about wisdom. 
But then the more I thought about it, it was to really dig deeper and understand what is at the epicenter of our life. What's actually going to give our life meaning, purpose, value? How are we on a mission and where is that coming from? And being able to be privileged to spend the time with you this weekend and do, like I said, a lot of fun things. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of it, right, we're having some really great conversations. Actually, some of those happen in fireside chats right around the bonfire. Um, some family and friends and then just one-on-one. -on -one. And it's really interesting you said how you start out the day. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, right, the way we start a day is going to put everything into motion. Who we're starting it with matters so much now your day is going right and mm -hmm. we talked about this quite a bit over this weekend it's one thing to start a day in a solid manner but we can't have cafeteria christianity meaning today is sunday mm -hmm. right we went to church we went to mass we celebrated but that's not enough that's just not in and of itself you can't put god in a box i want you to touch on that because some of the insights that you had given me i gained a lot of wisdom and it's amazing to hear your perspective. Yeah, no, that's what I'm going through right now, you know, F to say I'm a Christian and then live wh whatever life you want, even if it's not a bad one, like you're genuinely a good person Monday through Saturday. And then the only difference to your life compared to your friends who are non-believers is that you go to church on Sunday. Then we're doing Christianity, whatever you want to call it. We're doing it wrong. We're doing our faith wrong. That's not the life God intended, I don't believe. When he says that he's, you know... Um, I forget, like a rushing fountain of water come to him when you're thirsty. You should Every day we're thirsty, but if we're only getting water, we're only coming to eat on Sundays, that's not enough to sustain us throughout all of our days. So that's just what I've been questioning, myself included. What does it mean to live a life of authenticity in an intimate relationship with Christ. That's just what I've been going with. Yeah, it made me think about something a little bit deeper. Actually, recently I had Deacon Gary Riggie on the show, and he was talking about this very matter. And, he, and what he said was, you know, oftentimes people will say, I have to incorporate prayer in my life. Mm -hmm. And this is all good. We're not taking that away. It's actually a really great habit. It's a habit of holiness, right? To wake up in the morning, to give offering to God, to thank him for the blessing of the day, and to incorporate some kind of prayer. And prayer comes in different forms. You and I discussed that, right? It could come in reading the word. It can mm -hmm. come in, you know, mindful meditation out in the woods. It can come in the form of gathering with others in a church service, what have you. But it's actually not about incorporating prayer so much as incorporating your life as a prayer, cultivating your life to become prayer. And that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. How do we do that? I mean, a young person today with everything going on, how do you do that? That's a question I wish I had a quick answer to. You know, I don't know if it's so written in black and white, but just constantly, for me, it's taking small steps of my day, taking a quick step back and just thanking God. That one helps me a lot. Just a quick thank you, remind me where I am. And then constantly looking around you of who you are as a person in Christ. That's been another big help for me. I know Ignatian spirituality shows us seeing God in all things, in all people. As I grow older, right, and I reflect back and I think about my own journey and understanding what does this look like, it's almost as if I don't want to get in the way of God in my life. And what I mean by that is we are co-creators with him. But if prayer is becoming our life, and again, 
You don't have to sit by your bedside or kneel at the foot of your bed for 24 hours a day. There are people who do that and it's a beautiful vocation, those that are in a monastery. But we're talking about living it, as you mentioned before, authentically. Mm -hmm. It's incorporated in every facet of your life, not speaking at a street corner with a megaphone, mm -hmm. but actually allowing your life to do the speaking. So maybe we could touch a little bit more about that, how you personally, in your everyday life, have started to do that because we're all on a journey and people listening to this are in different facets of their journey to get closer to the heart of God. Some are at the very beginning and others might be almost all the way there, but we're always trying to grow closer to him. So how do we incorporate this as more of a lifestyle? Cause that's what it mm. is. It's like prayer is your lifestyle. You're living it out every day. It doesn't have to be rote memory. It doesn't have to be, you know, just saying words because mm -hmm. you mentioned this. You said you've been to you know, church services where people are so robotic. Yes. They sit, they stand, they say this, they say that, but their heart isn't in it. So how do we get the heart in it? I'd say the first thing that came to mind is what helped me the most is to not force it. If you see someone that does pray for hours on end each day, that's great for them. If that doesn't work for you, don't start. I wouldn't suggest starting out that way. <laughs> And you don't have to do that because everyone's heart is different. God created each and every heart different. For me, to go back to one of the first questions, before I go to work in the morning, I, I set an alarm two hours before work to set the tone for the day so I can get some alone time first. I know people that can wake up 45 minutes, just shower, and then go to work. I personally can't do that because I need to have something before work to set the tone for me to go into work. So that might be like just little practices to do. I love having a coffee with the Bible, you know. Yeah, just when we were out there, you know, you mentioned being out in the wilderness, maybe taking mm -hmm. a walk, maybe it's even you're working out and you're getting your body going mm -hmm. and it's this mind-spirit connection, right? And, and everything is interconnected because if we compartmentalize our faith and we put God in a box, we only visit church on Sunday, we're missing out on all the rich blessings that are coming to us throughout the entire week, but we don't have the wherewithal to see it. And we're not even looking for it. Mm -hmm. So how do we just be more conscious of it and look for it in our daily life because he's all around us at all times? Well, you showed me this just the other day. I asked how you stay so involved in the word and keep going back to Christ. And you pulled out your pocket, just a quick verse that you have written down on a piece of paper. I thought that's a such a simple practice that can make such a big impact. Something that I do like to do at night. I just love to stargaze with my friends. And it may sound silly to most, but when you think of how small you may feel at times you look out this great big sky and god still sees you and that brings such an intimate connection to me and it brings such a special feeling i still struggle to find to put to words but that's been really big to me having campfires with friends having a campfire with you last night was so good to my heart i can't even tell you you know what i mean so little stuff like that being just so in the moment phones mm. are really good but it's so nice to just put it to the side, put it in your pocket. Don't even put it in the same room as you. And to just stay in the moment with and just be with connection around you. Connection around you, building relationships. That's the next thing I want to get into because when you think about where you get so much richness, where you get so much um, beauty, you receive so much in your life, the blessings that pour out to you. Most of the time, it's not because of anything we do in and of ourselves. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's because we invest in other people. Mm -hmm. We build the relationship. There's a trust. There's a journey with others. 
And the interesting thing that I find this is as my journey continues, and we're on this with everybody here in the EF3 Life platform, is that people still, for whatever reason, are resistant to allowing that journey to blossom or to be open to God. They don't, they close off their heart to that door. And the question is, why is that the case? Because I want you to think about people out there, and, and you too, Nate, you know, those that you really can trust. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you know you could tell anything to. They would be there for you in your best moment and in your worst moment. And then 10x that, 100x that, a million x that, and that's God. Right. So why is it that we have such a hard time of being vulnerable with the one who created us? You know, there's a great spiritual counselor, um, doctor with his PhD out in Seattle. His name's Dan Allender. He gave a great quote I read. Um, he said, many of us believe God wants us to just get us to conform. When what really he's after is unbelievable transformation. And I think that speaks volume of truth. When a lot of people on the outside see the church, they think it's rules after rules after rules. Do this, do that to get to heaven. I don't believe God and created it that way. He just wants an intimate relationship with us to be ourselves, to live out a more authentic life, life to the fullest, to get this unbelievable transformation that we're talking about. And it's so hard for me personally. I've seen glimpses of what it's like for me to live out of what I think is my true identity. And it's so hard for me right now to explain that when other my friends haven't been through that because it's like this wall barrier. I don't know how to, mm. I don't know how to say it, but... It's so hard to take that leap of faith, but if you can find someone you trust and just try to take a small step or even a big step, that leap of faith, I promise you can't go wrong with it. You said something there that also stuck out to me and is very powerful. It's so true and it's so real. It doesn't matter so much about even what we think. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times people are like, well, what do you mean by that? If you have faith, you obviously believe something. We were touching about this throughout the weekend, and it resonated with me. It was actually around the campfire last night, because what happens here is, if I believe something or I think something, that's one thing. But what is God revealing to your heart? What is he saying to you? What does that soul-filled connection look like? And that's where truth lies. And a lot of people here will say, they'll argue, and that's okay, they have their opinion, they have every right to suggest how they feel and what they think, and that does matter, don't get me wrong. However, at the end of the day, if I'm somebody that wants to live out my faith, and you're a man Mm -hmm. of God and you're doing that too, it doesn't so much matter about what I think, but it's actually all about where God is leading me and what he's speaking truth into my heart where love is existing. And that gets us back to this idea of just robotic type of faith lived out, institutionalized religion. All things have reasons for them. Mm -hmm. But if we get so caught up in the fact of formalities and how things have to be because this is the way they always were. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing. If you look back into the Bible, that isn't the way they always were. Right. Right or wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's crazy, right? So how do we kind of deconstruct some of these conceptions, these ideas, these tendencies of people to help them to get out of their comfort zone that isn't giving them that spiritual food and nourishment that they need because it will radically change their life. Yes, it will. I think a lot of people think you can only be fed inside the church on Sundays. And I think a way that I've helped, and you you can speak to this as well, 
connecting to others is speaking their language, cheating on their level. I'm not saying be a fake person. I'm not saying put on a mask. But if someone is just more like, you know, down to earth and so nonchalant, like you can be that way too. You don't have to be this stuck up person that thinks you're better than someone. That's not at all what Jesus is going after. But just speaking to them, relating to them. You know, they want, they, t- they love sports. You love sports. That's a quick gateway to talk about whatever. And then I think if your life is so involved with God, you don't have to force it. He just naturally comes up one way or the other. Amen to that. That is powerful. That is words of affirmation right there. Because it makes so much sense. And you look at, even in an intense manner, you look at the Gospels, you look at Jesus going to the seas of Galilee, he called others and he said, follow me. And he was investing in those relationships. He invested in the 12. Mm -hmm. My challenge, and hopefully all of us can do this in one way or another, and it might not be 12 people, maybe it's one person over the next six months, that you're going to say, I'm going to invest time into. I'm going to build relationship. I'm going to establish more trust. I'm going to get to know what makes them tick, what makes them come alive. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that even if maybe some of that stuff isn't naturally what you are drawn to. Because as you mentioned, it's in building those relationships that then eventually people can have this sense of hospitality. Hospitality meaning home. They can feel at home with you enough where they can open up. And what better way than to have that trust built for someone to feel comfortable enough to share something with you that maybe they wouldn't share to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, as we're continuing to think about this and contemplate some deep levels of life, certainly there have been a lot of different you know, topics and things that have come about in our world lately that have been polarizing. And we're not gonna specifically target any one of them per se, but I think it's important and valuable for us to all think about and reflect on where God is in this all and what is the matter that is here. So when you're looking at, you know, your friend groups and you want to invest in these relationships and you want to dig deep with people one on one, and maybe they have a completely different opinion about a hot topic issue or something that is a, a very serious debate. How do we make sure that we're still doing things with great love? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, hold true to conviction because we know in our heart how God is moving in our life, where he's leading us to, and he needs us to be that rock-solid soldier for him. I think it comes back to just relationship and relating to them. I think whether you see A and this person sees B, completely polar opposites, something I've noticed in talking to my friends that don't necessarily see the same but still respect me and love me and I to them there's common ground everywhere that you can, that you, there is. Um, I'm always, you know, giving them the attention, accommodating to them, making them feel more comfortable. And then we're finding common ground. I want to hear your side, not to argue, you know, I just want to see where you're coming from and why you think the way you think. And it's not about I'm right, you're wrong or vice versa. By the end of the day, we still say we love each other and we're still friends. We're still in this great battle together. I just want to see where you're relating it to and how you see that. And that, in the end, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. We become closer that way. Mm. And people do. People become closer that way. Sometimes some of the hardest conversations, the things that have to be said, even these polarizing opposite you know, ends of the spectrum can eventually allow us to understand someone better. Right. And in understanding them better, the relationship is deepened. The love and connection is even further mm-hmm. established. 
We also, this weekend, have been talking quite a bit about living, like you mentioned before, an authentic life. Yeah. And not worrying, not caring even, what other people say about the way that you're living or thinking or the the life that you're leading because you're doing it because you know in your heart it's right. It's something to be said about, all right, I'm doing a career, something that you know other people are looking at and they admire. But when you're living life differently and maybe you're the only one standing for something, mm-hmm. what gives you the wherewithal to continue to stand? Why is it worth it? I mean, you could have the whole world against you, kind of like the woman who was caught in adultery, if mm-hmm. you look at that situation. But God knew her heart, and she knew that he was going to forgive her. He knew he was going to forgive her. She didn't know that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you're at the center, and it seems like people are throwing everything at you, like they did with this woman, about to stone her to death. I mean, this is an extreme case. Right. Where does forgiveness come into the mix here? Because mm. that's, when you think about love, when you think about relationship, when you think about the heart of God, forgiveness has to be something that's at the epicenter. Yeah, there's a quote in the book, The Shack, written by William Paul Young. Great story. I recommend you go read it and watch the movie. It was says, forgiveness isn't about um, restoring back a relationship. It's just about letting go of the other person's throat. And what I've realized in forgiving someone, it's not, I'm not forgiving them to make them feel better. I had no idea when I held these grudges against people, I'm forgiving them for my benefit. It releases a weight off my shoulders I had no idea about. And it restores this doesn't have to be a relationship but it restores this peace that was once there that went missing it restores this love i found for them even if i'm not that close anymore but it restores that there's so much restoration in this great story that god has put us in that we find ourselves in if you look back to the creation of time to now all through the bible it's all about restoration it's all about a rescue mission from god to us saving us you know what i mean So that's where I think forgiveness comes so in key. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we're going to continue to discuss forgiveness and also some tangible ways that we can involve God and we can lead out habits of holiness. The Life to the Fullest podcast is brought to you by EF3 Life. Together, we journey on growing, improving, and becoming a better version of ourselves daily in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance. Make sure to visit EF3Life.com and follow us on social media at EF3Life to learn of ways to get involved in your community and make a difference. Check out my latest book, The Saint Next Door, Practicing Heaven by Living Love and Discovering God's Holiness Within. There's only one way to live, and that's life to the fullest. Welcome back to the Life to the Fullest podcast, the EF3 Life platform. Grateful to be here with Nathaniel Finley. He was a guest on the show back in season one. He's back for season three. We're discussing faith. We're digging deep into life, into journeying together. Before the break, we discussed a little bit about forgiveness and why it needs to be at the epicenter when it comes to being closer to God. Something we discussed actually recently as well is the understanding or like how big God's forgiveness can be. And it's hard for our human mind and heart to wrap ourselves around certain acts that have happened when it comes to other people, when it comes to physical harm, murder, you know, uh, just very nasty, terrible atrocities towards others. 
And I bring this up because this could be a very, you know, debatable topic, but something that I think is worthwhile discussing a little bit here for the point of that God's forgiveness is so big. Mm-hmm. Now, when we look at scripture, when we look at who he is and who he says he is and what he's done with Jesus and the forgiveness he gave to so many people throughout the gospels that we read it, we see that really nobody is lost forever. Right. So long as they do what? Well, they have to ask for forgiveness and truly desire it. The lost sheep. 99 are with the shepherd and one goes off astray. Who does he go after? The one. The prodigal son. Mm-hmm. So how do you, when you're talking with friends, family, those in your community, when people are struggling or battling because maybe they want to forgive, maybe somebody has wronged their family member in a grave way, how are you able to relay to them how big God's love is for all people and even the person who committed the atrocious act? Yeah, that's a good question. Something for me is that I do for myself is reminding myself of God's heart, God's true love, and then relaying it back to them. In the word, it says, you know, to forgive quick, forgive your enemies. And I think a huge thing to relate to that is also the Psalms that David wrote being Mm. so authentic and so real. I've never heard anyone talk to God so raw, tell him how he feels like, if this upsets me, hey, this really upsets me. And that's what God is after. So I would suggest that to that person struggling with forgiveness. Tell God exactly how you feel and don't put a filter on it. Do not put a filter on it. He already knows your heart. You might as well share it. And in doing that, you get off this all this hurt and pain that comes with it and it's a journey it's gonna take it might take a while but just know that it will get better in the end and the forgiveness is totally worth it looking forward it's interesting you say that because what comes to my mind when i hear you discuss that in that way is peace without forgiveness we aren't living in peace we don't have peace within ourselves we don't forgive others and certainly those who have done atrocious acts to us if they don't ask for forgiveness from someone else, whether they give it or not, but they ask it of God, mm-hmm. they can't have peace in their heart. Without peace, your spirit is going to be restless. And with a restless spirit, it's very hard to carry on in this world and be able to do so in a manner that's going to not only impact other people, forget even that, but able to survive even. Mm-hmm. You know, And what comes to my mind is, yes, there obviously are many people that are in prisons, right? Yep. But even if you aren't in a physical prison, you could be in a prison in your internal soul. Yeah. That's some deep stuff. That's a scary place to be. To break free of those chains, to get out of that, to be able to have a newness of life. Like he says in Revelation 21.5, you know, behold, I make all things new. How does somebody who has done maybe something that they're so caught up on forgiving even themselves, they can't forgive themselves, how do they get to that place? How do do they get to that place to be able to release to say, hey, I know that it's not up to me anymore, but God does forgive me and I want that forgiveness. Doesn't it have to come with building a relationship? Absolutely. Absolutely. You First said you said God the Father. One word that came to mind, we were at Mass this morning, yep. and the deacon was talking about it was Abba. Abba, yep. Because it's not a dad. Dad is nice. Dad, Dads are great. Shout out to all the dads out there, <laughs> right? A father sometimes gets this connotation, and there's just this meaning of like maybe an authoritarian figure, somebody who is going to come down and maybe you know be harsh 
Mm-hmm. And even, you know, on judgment day, like this mentality of, you know, you're going to be judged on every single act and this kind of thing. And my, my hope is that people understand that God is all loving, all forgiving and all powerful, but he's Abba. Yep. What does that mean for you? For me, when you first said that, talked, comparing dads to fathers, I, something that popped to mind was you can be a dad, anyone can be a dad, few can be a father, but there's one Abba. And I think when I, that comes to mind, it's just, there is one person in this entire world that truly knows myself better than I do at most times, and that's God the Father. That's Abba. Just hearing, if you were to slow down, I think, and take a deep breath, and even close your eyes, picture the most beautiful place on earth, Bring yourself back to a picture of Eden is what it really is. And you just say, whisper just, Abba, Abba, Father. There's this deep cry in our hearts that are constantly crying out, Abba, Father. And it brings us back to the serenity of, I truly believe, the Garden of Eden. That's Mm -hmm. where we want to go back to anyways. That's what heaven is, right? That is what heaven is. You're right. So it's just talking about all this intimacy. And so many people think God is do this, do that. When he's really just after your own heart, constantly after intimacy with you. And that's the true cry of the Bible. It's like God is constantly saying, hey, why won't you choose me? Mm. I want you to be with me. And truthfully, we don't know it, but we desperately want to be with him, even if we don't know it yet. And it says it in the word, many are invited, but few are chosen. And it isn't mm. because God isn't choosing them. They're deciding to not choose right. him. You mentioned something there with the Garden of Eden. It's interesting because with shouting out or crying out or just whispering Abba comes also the breath of life that was given to Adam and Eve in creation. And we talked about this as well. And this is something that really radically, there's been a lot of things. People that know me that have talked about the podcast, you know, we we discuss faith and we go really deep here because it's the only way to live. We're not going to cookie cut it. We're not going to just sugarcoat it. We're going to get right to the heart of the matter because it's that important. However, recently, within the last like two weeks, I heard a, it was amazing. It was in actually an article that I read that was provided by, of all people, and and this is a great man of faith. He's been on the podcast before. Clint Hurdle, former Major League Baseball uh, manager of the Rockies and the Pirates and played in the big leagues. He sent an article to me. And in the article, the author was talking about this intimacy of God and was talking about God's name. And we know that his name translated means I am who am. But Yahweh, the vowels actually weren't even in there in the original. When you go back to the Hebrew text, some people are like, I don't need a history lesson, Nate, right? <laughs> right. But what we're getting at here is the sound of the word Yahweh was the sound of breath. God breathed the breath of life into the first of creation. He breathes the breath of life into us. And in this article, the author talked about every time we take a breath, whether we're conscious of it or not, all of creation is saying the name of God. That blew my mind. I was like, I had a hard time over the last two weeks, I still do, of wrapping my head and heart around that. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because we've talked today and many times in the past about intimacy. We talked about love. We've talked about forgiveness, relationship, Mm -hmm. personal connection with Christ. And yes, in the mix, does that involve daily prayer? Mm -hmm. Does that involve reading the word? Absolutely. 
But if you don't have that personal relationship, what do you have? A man can gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul. What say you? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Because it is so important. We, we don't live in the Garden of Eden. Right. Well, the sinful part of mm -hmm. it sometimes can become very polarizing. But we do have God around us, and we're in this growth stage. I look at someone who's 19 years old. That's you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And for those out there, you didn't know his age. There you have it. <laughs> it's incredible, your faith. How do we take all of this and just breathe that breath each day and knowing our life, whether we're here for... 100 years or 50 or 20 or 5 is to prepare us for something so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time with it all. You know, I don't think God's in a rush. So why should we be in a rush? Francis Chan gave once gave this beautiful message of this big long rope went on for infinity and the first two inches were, you know, if you taped and read, you can go, I won't explain it, but you can go back and find it. And I think that's what would relate to it so much. You spend so much time on earth worrying about the little things in comparison to all of eternity that we have. So yeah, just take your time with it and just trust that, you know, God really does have you in that it's not all up to you at the end of the day. That's right. That's right. And there are these small things that we can do that can make a big impact in our journey and in the lives of other people. You talked about some of them before. It could be taking 10 minutes, 5 minutes, walking outside, going to the mountains, going to a lake. It could be just having some quiet time in the morning over a cup of coffee. It could be going to church, actually the physical building, to experience God's holiness. It could be communing with friends. Whatever we're doing, okay, if we are doing it with all of our intensity, with all intentionality, and we're doing it, we can offer it up to God. I'm going to say something here, and for those out there that don't want to do their dishes today, offer it up for somebody. And understand, like, everything that you do can be joyful. That doesn't mean the journey is going to be easier, because you know this first and foremost, right? If you're somebody who's living by faith, it's actually going to be harder for you. Absolutely. Because the challenge is, aren't going to go away. But what will you have? You will have peace. Didn't we just hear today, Mike Tyson was up in Albany, New York. Yep. He wasn't fighting. I'm glad I wasn't in the <laughs> ring with him. Or with the Tiger, for that matter. Right. right. But he was here. And what did he say? He said something about prison and peace. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah. I won't do it as justice as he did on, on uh, where he was speaking. But what he said was, some of the best years of his life was the years that he spent in prison. And they're like, what? Why did you do you, you made millions. You had a pet tiger. You can get whatever you want. You can do this. You can do that. He said, no, he would trade it all away in a second because what he had in prison was peace. And that was something he didn't have beforehand. And that's something that he'll, he says he guarantees anyone who makes the millions, if they don't have peace, they're nothing. That's all he's after right now. And I'm so glad that we can reflect on that because who are we following? We're following the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And if he is part of our life, that's really great. But if he becomes the epicenter, the rock, first place on the podium and our life is surrounded upon him and we allow him to enter in, our life has no limitations. You can do anything with God by your side. And that's something that I hope that people can understand, that they will believe it so they can receive it. The last thing that I'll say today is when we were sitting there in the pew at Mass, we were hearing the gospel and Jesus taught his followers how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That prayer, that prayer, right? Mm -hmm. That he lived out seeking God with all your heart. And when you search for him, you will then find him. Mm -hmm. You will find him. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks again for joining us on the Life to the Fullest podcast. We wish you all the best when you go back to Clinton Community College. Um, You're going to be starting on the basketball team this year. Really excited for all the things to come for you inside and outside of the classroom. Um, I know that you're doing a lot of things with your youth group back in Plattsburgh. It's, uh, It's awesome to see you grow and be able to use whatever platform you have because that is the example. Right, we're being Christians and we're doing it with great love and we're showing others by the way that we live. Thank you so much. There you have it, folks. The Life to the Fullest podcast, another great episode in the books. Make sure to follow us at EF3Life. Log on to EF3Life.com. A special thanks to our sponsors, Novice Clothing Company, as well as the Visa Super Clean and the Dan and Cindy Cody families. God bless you. And as always, keep you living life to the fullest. Mm-hmm.